You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a win streak Tuesday. Thanks for rewinding with us, Marlins Nation. Marlins Rewind, Steven Strom here. Marlins have won four in a row. They beat the Kansas City Royals 9-6. to As always, for the recap, here's your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, go ahead and feel free to chalk up another win for the Fish. Game one of this three-game series between the Marlins and the Royals goes to the Marlins tonight. They upend the Royals, who had a 4-0 lead at this ballgame. Marlins for the second consecutive game. Storm back down four to win it. They are now five games over. That's a high-water mark here in 2023. 33 wins, 28 losses for the Miami Marlins. The Royals are now 18-42 and 42 as the Miami Marlins beat the Kansas City Royals by a final score of 9-6 to six here in Game 1 tonight. With Jeff Nelson, I'm Kyle Seeloff, and uh, Nelly, I think a really encouraging night in multiple aspects for the Marlins, but we'll start. You know, it's never easy in today's game with all this velocity and everything. When you're down four, it's hard to fight back, but... Boy, the Marlins, to me, made it look easy here tonight. Well, once they got Hernandez out after the two innings that he threw for the Royals, you, you know going into it that you were, the Royals were going to have an opener, yep. and you didn't know how many he was going to go, probably three max. Hernandez only go, only went two, and then you bring in the bulk guys or the guys after him, and that's where the Marlins capitalized. And I tell you what, the six through nine hitters, Fortes, Wendell, Birdie, Davis, seven for 16, six runs scored, five RBIs. You, when you get production from the bottom of your lineup, that's incredible. I, I mean, you're going to win some ball games, and that's what they've gotten over these last two weeks. How about uh, Braxton Garrett? Five innings, struggled early, allowed four through three, kind of settled in, perfect fourth, perfect fifth, and uh, gives himself a win. Yeah, you know, he did. He struggled He struggled early, especially with his command. He left some breaking balls up out over the plate. You had Prado who had a big home run off of a hanging breaking ball. But, you know, to me, it's that fourth and fifth inning. After you score, after the Marlins score in the bottom half of the third, they score two. You go in the top half of the fourth, you throw up a zero. And you do the exact same thing after the Marlins score four in the bottom half of the fourth. The fifth inning, he throws up a zero. And it was two easy innings for him, and right. I think those were the most important innings of his outing tonight were just shutting the other team down and not letting them get any kind of momentum going on the other side. So Garrett gets the win. Um, what more is there? And by the way, four Marlins with multi-hit efforts tonight, and you highlighted the six through nine hitters in the order. Seven for 16, six runs scored, and five runs knocked in. I don't know what the heck you do at this point. Luis Arise, three for four tonight. He's batting 399. I mean, seriously, I don't care if he's hitting out of the leadoff spot. You've obviously got to go after him if there's nobody on base. But when guys are on at this juncture, teams better just start walking him because he's going to make you pay. Yeah, he's a really good low ball hitter. And, you know, he has had some hits with pitches up in the zone. Uh, you know, he'll get ahead and he sees them and he'll get on top of the baseball. But if you're going to pitch him and if you have to pitch to him, you have to pitch him up in the zone around his letters. But you're absolutely right. If there's men on base, I'm letting whoever's hitting behind him, whether it's De La Cruz, whether it's Soler, whoever it is, Sanchez, Cooper, they're going to have to beat me in crucial situations. Teams go over the other side. They go over the hitters, and, and they have to say, okay, if there's one guy in that lineup when the game's on the line, who do you not want to pitch to? And that's that's a rise. You you just cannot give him anything to hit. I mean, he's that good. 399 right now, another three-hit 
outing. He had five hits yesterday. So that's eight hits in nine appearances or nine plate appearances these last two days. So the fourth time this season the Miami Marlins have rattled off a four-game winning streak. Let me ask you this, Nelly, on the way out the door. It was either yesterday or the day before Yuli Gurriel was quoted as saying, I keep telling these guys, we're going to the postseason. We're going to make the playoffs, and we're good. I don't know if that's going to happen, but he believes it. And can you almost speak that stuff as a team into existence, especially when you start winning like this, that, damn, we are good. We are. Let's go. Let's go. We can play. One thing that can happen when you're playing really bad teams or teams that are struggling this year, like the A's, you look at the Royals record, winning winning breeds confidence and confidence. A confident team can be very dangerous. And when you take these series and hopefully that momentum, the way they're playing now, can carry on the road. Yes, anything can happen. Uh, you want a team to believe. You have enough veterans. I mean, look at Goriel. He's been there. He's won a World Series. Right. Uh, you, you know, you have some veteran guys. Arise is a veteran player, even though he's at 26 years old. You have some veteran guys in this in this lineup, and you have a good coaching staff. I mean, Skip Schumacher has done a tremendous job so far early in the season to get those guys to believe. But it's these series. you got to take advantage. We talked about take advantage of your schedule because when the schedule flips and you're playing teams over 500, that confidence will help you against really, really good teams. All right, Nelly, good stuff. I'll see you tomorrow night at 640. Sounds good. Not 610? No, that's 610 okay. on Wednesday. Come okay, on now, Wednesday, 610. All right, that's got Jeff it. Nelson. I'm Kyle Seeloff. This is the 10th Inning Show. Highlights from this ball game tonight. Royals jumped out to a one nothing lead in the first. Man at first base, and MJ Melendez at the plate. Pitch to MJ Melendez is slashed on a line, down the left field line in pursuit. De La Cruz dives, he can't get it. The baseball's going to roll all the way to the wall. Rounding third, Prado, he's going to score easily. It's a one-out RBI double for MJ Melendez here in the top of the first inning. Royals out to a quick 1-0 lead. And they would take a 2-0 lead. The next man to bat, the longtime veteran captain of the ship in uh, Kansas City, Salvador Perez. 1-1 pitch to Perez, swung on hit, back up the middle, diving Wendell, it's off his glove, rolling into center field, rounding third and scoring is Melendez. It's an RBI single for Salvador Perez, and just like that, it's 2-0 Kansas City. Well, it would stay 2-0 until we went to the top of the third inning, and that was until Nick Prado was the leadoff man and led things off with a big bang for the Royals. Here's a swing and a high drive hit, deep right field, yikes, that is in the upper tank. Rattles around, and it falls into the first row of the seats in the second deck out there in the home run porch. Prado has just gone deep for the fourth time this season. This one comes leading off the top of the third inning, and the Kansas City Royals have a 3 to nothing lead. They would make it 4 nothing. Bobby Witt Jr. singled, stole second following the home run by Prado. That brought MJ Melendez back to the plate again. Here's the 2-1 pitch to Melendez, and he lofts a ball on a line left center field. This is trouble. De La Cruz cuts it off. It's an RBI single for MJ Melendez. He's got two RBIs tonight. He chases home Bobby Witt Jr. from second base. It's 4-0 Kansas City here in the third. So 4-0, and then it was time for the Marlins to get busy. They would get two back in the third inning. Mike Myers came on for the Kansas City Royals. Joey Wendell led off the third with a double. John Birdie singled with runners at first and third with nobody out. Jonathan Davis was the batter. Next pitch, hot shot out to short. Garcia's got it. Goes to second for one throw to first. Is in time at double play. Wendell does come home to score. It's a 6-4-3 double play off the bat of Jonathan Davis. No RBI unless the Marlins want to take a look at it, and they do. 
Here's a look at the replay, Nelly, and he is safe. So Davis was safe. Fielder's choice RBI for Jonathan Davis at that juncture, 4-1. to one. The next man to bat, Luis Arise. Has cut the deficit to 4-1 to one for the Marlins. Here's a ground ball hit fair over the bag at third, rolling down the left field line. Arise has done it again. Rounding third, Davis. He's headed towards the plate. Throw comes into the cutoff, man. There won't be a throw. Luis Arise with a one-out RBI double. Here in the bottom of the third inning. And the Miami Marlins now trail 4-2. Well, the Marlins cut the lead in half, and boy, did they ever get busy in the fourth. There was two outs. There was nobody on in the bottom of the fourth inning. Nick Fortes singled. Joey Wendell then singled. There was an error on the play that allowed Fortes to go to third base. And the Miami Marlins trailing by two with two on and nobody out in the fourth sent John Birdie the play. 1-0 pitch to Birdie. Is hit on a line. Right field could be trouble. Fair ball rolling down the right field line into the corner. Birdie is flying. So too is Wendell. Wendell hits the bag at third. He's going to score. Birdie's got a two-run triple. We're tied here in Miami. So a two-run triple tied the ball game. Uh, let's get to the rest of these highlights for you. After John Birdie tied the game, Jonathan Davis gave the Marlins the lead. Here's the 2-2 pitch to Jonathan Davis. That swung on power pretty deep right field. Going back, Melendez over his head. The Marlins are going to take the lead. Jonathan Davis has a two-out RBI double. It's 5-4 Marlins. And then Luisa Rines would put the finishing touches on a big fourth for the Fish. One and two the count. Myers comes set off the third base side of the rubber. Here's a line drive back up the middle and a base hit. The Marlins are just pouring it on here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Throw comes in towards the plate. It's late. Davis will score easily. Luisa rises two for three tonight. He's got a single and a double. He's got a couple knocked in. Marlins now leading six to four. And they would make it seven to four in the fifth after a... Error by the center fielder, Drew Waters, a two-base error. He flat-out dropped the baseball in center field with two outs in the fifth inning. Uh, Yuli Gurriel was bad, and Gurriel would then go to third on a wild pitch. He was at third with two outs. The Marlins had a 6-4 to four lead, bottom of the fifth inning, and at the plate, Nick Fortes. Want to know the count? Fortes swings, hits it on the ground, and it's up the middle and a base hit for Fortes. Scoring from third is Gurriel. The Marlins have a 7-4 lead here at the bottom of the fifth inning. And boy, do they make the Royals pay for the error. So they do make them pay for the error. Marlins were leading 7-4, going to the bottom of the sixth inning. Again, there were two outs. Luis Arise singled. He finishes his night 3-4 for four at the plate. He was at first base with two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning. Mike Myers, by the way, still on the mound. Brian De La Cruz at the plate. And the 3-1 pitch to De La Cruz is hammered pretty deep center field on the run. Waters, he's going to watch it go. Brian De La Cruz has given the Marlins a 9-4 lead here in the bottom of the sixth inning. It's his eighth big fly of the season. That would be all the scoring the Marlins got tonight. It would be all they needed. Braxton Garrett went the first five. Brazo Bond worked two-thirds of an inning. Nardi was sensational for an inning and a third. J.T. Shagwa allowed a run in the eighth. Stephen Okert came on for the ninth inning. He worked a third of an inning. He allowed a run on two hits. That brought Dylan Floro into the ball game. They needed to make a change. Bobby Witt Jr. was due up. There was a runner at first base with one out. Tying man was on deck for the Royals in the top of the ninth inning. But with one on at first, one out, 
Top of the ninth inning, Dylan Floro was facing Bobby Witt Jr. About it. Ground ball, hit the second base, could do it. Arise, steps on the bag himself, throws the first. The ball game is over. For the first time this season, the Miami Marlins are five games over the 500 mark. They've got their 17th come-from-behind victory of the season. Dylan Floro comes in. He puts the finishing touches on his seventh save of the season. And the Miami Marlins take game one from the Royals. They beat them 9-6. to six. Boy, nice win for the Marlins. They do win 9-6. 17th come-from-behind win of the season. Marlins yesterday put the finishing touches on their fourth series sweep of the year. Then they bounce back and beat the Royals in game one tonight. They've now won nine of their last 11 at home. Yesterday, the Marlins tied their third best start in franchise history. The Marlins playing their 61st game of the season tonight. And that is... So we're still tied for the third best mark in franchise history because the 2008 team started 33-28. and 28 And oh, no, we're not. Oh, yes, we are. I'm so sorry. Uh, the 2014 team was 32-29, and 29, so the Marlins are now tied for the third-best mark through 61 games in franchise history at 33-28 and 28 after they beat the Royals 9-6 to six tonight. The Marlins have now, for the fourth time this season, rattled off four victories in a row. Terrific stuff. Good night. Really, in particular, bottom of the order. How about 6-9 through nine in the Marlins' batting order? 7 for 16 at the plate, 6 runs scored, 5 runs knocked in, and then at the top, Luis Arise, three for four again. He's been incredible. Marlins 11 for 35 at the plate as a team tonight. They were five for seven with runners in scoring position. They left three men on base. Let's take a look at those totals for you. For the Royals tonight, six runs, nine hits, two errors, five men left on base. As mentioned, the Marlins, nine runs, 11 hits, no errors, three men left on base. Braxton Garrett, your winner now, two and two this season. Mike Myers, the loser, he is one and one. Dylan Floro collects number seven. Uh, that would be save number seven on the season for the Miami Marlins. Played this ball game in two hours and 32 minutes. It was another Bark of the Park tonight. So we played in front of 7,232 patrons here at Lone Depot Park. But don't forget about the doggies. There was 134 of them tonight here as well inside the air-conditioned comfort of Lone Depot Park. Well, for the Miami Marlins pitching staff tonight, they struck out 275, and that means that 200... Um, <laughs> well, they struck out 11, and that means that $275 have been donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer for every strikeout this season. $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you very much. Let's head down and listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say following the 9-6 win over the Royals. Skip, obviously down 5-1 yesterday. You guys rally. Today down 4 nothing. You guys rally. What has stood out to you about just the resiliency that you've seen in these last couple games especially? Well, I think our offense always feels like they're in the game. And when you're getting length out of the lineup from top to bottom, um, you feel really good about every single inning, whether it starts at the rise at the top or, you know, whoever, six, seven hole hitter at, at the bottom. So they're doing a really good job of battling and not giving up because we gave up a couple runs. Thought Brax battled to stay in for, through five innings and um, gave us a chance. And, you know, he didn't feel like he made the quality pitches. Um, at the beginning of the game and I think he retired eight or nine in a row after that you know after the four run four spot but you know overall just really good clean baseball for us and just a couple you know probably pitches that Brax wanted back but the offense just carried us today it was pretty special to watch Floro I think it takes 
one pitch went to get the double play. Um, the conversation that you were, were having with the umpires, was that just the time that it took for him to get out of the bullpen? Yeah, Bill told me he needed an extra drink of water in the, uh, uh, he took too much time because he had an extra drink of water in the bullpen, so he started the clock. So, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back with the offense, uh, seven of the nine runs, I think, scored with two outs. You're speaking with the length of the lineup, but also with two outs, knowing be able to get them, again, get them in those type of situations to build the lead there. You're talking about our offense, you're saying? Your offense, yeah, seven of the nine runs yeah. with two outs. I feel like they had a really good game plan on, on how they're going to attack each guy coming out of the bullpen. The guy that started pretty good. Um, so I'm glad he didn't keep going through uh, six or seven innings because he had some good stuff and um, kind of blew our doors off a little bit. But the, uh, we had a good game plan against uh, the next guys that came out of the bullpen, um, stuck with our game plan, stayed on the attack, uh, didn't give in. I thought we took a lot of ball. Our swing decisions were really good tonight. Um, laying off some tough pitches and getting balls where we wanted them. And up and down the lineup, whether it's Birdie or J.D. or Wendell, um, and then, you know, Rye is always going to get three hits. Yeah, yeah, three more hits today. So, um, yeah, it's it's it was a really good overall offensive day. Yeah, Rye's only hitting 399 right now. <laughs> yeah, he's struggling. Whether it's, whether it's fair or not, I guess on a national scale, I guess people might not know some of the names in the lineup. But what is it about, I guess, the guys being able to contribute, whether it's what the hitting staff has been able to maximize everyone's potential? What can you speak to, you know, that aspect? Buying into game planning is hard to do because it takes work. It's video work. It's, um, you know, whether it's off the machine and, and pitch characteristics and fighting through some stuff and your own mechanics. And, you know, I think... Brownie and Mabry and Hardy, they all uh, game plan to each guy. It's not just like this guy's going to throw a slider and a fastball. They're, they're showing them what they're going to attack you with. And then if you can buy in and then hone into what you, your zone is and your strength and sticking to your strength. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch them grow together and those relationships building. And um, it was tough at the beginning because there's a lot of info, but uh, I think they're, they're all figuring it out now. Skip, Andrew Nardi. Uh, You've gone to him when there's been traffic on bases, and he's done a tremendous job with inherited runners. Where is just that that trust level that you have in him to to be able to clean up tough situations? Started in spring training. We saw a different version, or I, they saw a different version. That's the first version I saw of Nardi, honestly, uh, other than video in the offseason. And he uh, he just looked like a, a back-end bullpen piece, like first bullpen session kind of opened my eyes right away, opened uh, our pitching staff and our whole group's eyes right away. We had a lot of new coaching coaching staff, and um, we were kind of like, who the, who the hell is this guy? And uh, that's really what the conversation was because the previous year was, you know, just kind of came up, gave up a couple home runs, and didn't – I don't think he felt like he was himself yet. What, he didn't trust himself yet. didn't know if he could do it up here. Um, spring training was really good for him, and then we put him in some really tough situations early on, and he's been successful. Now we're putting him in big situations, and you can see the calmness, the confidence, um, whether it's the fastball at the top of the zone, inside, good slider tonight. Um, so we feel confident at, in any role, any situation, and we'll throw him in dirty innings um, you know, whenever we, we feel like it because we feel like he's going to get out of it. With uh, Jonathan Davis, G, just what has he provided to this? What's, you know, he had a relatively small major league resume, just what he's done so far for you guys. 
well, provided really good defense in center field. We needed to shore up that uh, with Jazz out. And then, you know, a right-handed bat that can hit righties has been really good for us. Um, and he's done that. You know, he made a swing change in the offseason, and he's kept building on it and uh, had a really good first, I don't know, what, month or so in, in AAA and, um, and just carried over to here. So it's – it's uh it shows you what you can do with hard work and a swing change and um and then you know with buying in on the game planning it's just been working all right that was manager skip schumacher it wasn't the best outing for braxton garrett he went five innings gave up six hits and four runs punched out six battled in this one but let's hear what braxton had to say following his outing good boost did it give you you know when the offense put up some runs just to almost kind of help you get a little bit of a fresh start in the game as well yeah that's great i mean the hitters the past three four games have been incredible um yeah it's huge getting runs there you know i go down four nothing and you know guys just battle in that fourth inning I th- a lot of it with two outs i think um yeah it's just a huge boost you know it gives me a little bit of cushion to work with and maybe not uh have to be so so pinpoint all right, we are right back at it. It's going to be a 640 first pitch right here from Lone Depot Park. Jesus Lazardo, Zach Granke, a 640 first pitch, 610 Marlins on deck with me, Steven Strom. We hope you can join us. Let's flip the M together, Miami. This is the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.